We know now that in the early years of the 20th century, this world was being watched closely by intelligences greater than man's. Men from Moto. Digital strategies with Travis Sowers and David Seville. Intellect, vast, cool, and unsympathetic. Broadcast to the world with the uncanny help of Mana Deprived and FaceToFaceGames.com. Greetings, people of Earth. We are the men from Odo, and you are listening to episode 25. Who are you going to call? My name is David Seville, and I have Travis Sowers on the line with me, fresh off of his day two GP hype, or appearance, I guess. How are you, Mr. Sowers? I'm handsome. How are you, David? I am fantastic this week. So we've got uh, some big news, or I guess news about how you did at your GP. I, I spoiled it a little bit. We're going to talk about that a bit. Um, but first, uh, frequent listeners of the podcast will remember episode 24, In a Pickle. And uh, those listeners will be pleased to hear that Cam raised over $13,000 for Doctors Without Borders. That's absolutely so insane. Him. It was. I spent a couple of hours on his stream uh, dying in stipulation drafts, and uh, we didn't raise as much money as I'd liked during that segment, but overall he did do quite well, so we're quite happy for him, and he raised a ton of money. And so I know stipulation drafts are your favorite thing, right? I love stipulation drafts. I love it, as long as the stipulation is that I get to try to win and not lose. I wonder why people are so interested in stipulation drafts. <laughs> I think it's because they enjoy punishing the streamer mm -hmm. maybe or they enjoy trying to do wacky things okay i, could see I, I that. couldn't tell you i hate them so but whatever they i'm just the funny daddy combos. they want to see combos yeah i just want to win i want to win all right uh so this week's uh, episode is going to be about a few things it's a bit of a grab bag topic but uh, our main topic is going to be on grand Prix richmond which was uh travis's event uh last week and two weekends ago mm-hmm and uh, you want to talk about some standard. Uh, I think we saw some interesting uh, deck choices, new deck choices at the PT uh, this past weekend. So I'm pretty excited to to get into that. I haven't played standard in forever, but I'd love to talk about it. And I am, I've got my eye on a couple of decks if I can scrape together the, the Canadian pennies to buy them. And uh, our second main topic, I think, will be on um, slump busting. Uh, I've had an actually interesting time with Amon Ket and... Uh, I know some people are in a rut because it seems to be a difficult format or we just haven't got it figured out yet. So I think it would be good to, to talk about how to bust your slump, how to get over that uh, that hump of feeling like you can't win a game and, uh, you know, turn that frown upside down, as they say. Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> so uh, why don't you tell us, let's start it off. How was your GP? GP was fantastic. Um, I, I don't go to a lot of GPs and I had intended not to go to a lot of GPs this year because... Frankly, there's a, a PTQ online just about every weekend. So like, why would I not just stream the big event instead of travel to the big event? But Richmond is so close to where I live. I was like, it's it's a short two hours I can go and play. Uh, for reference, the other one I'm doing this year is GP Toronto in July, just because I've got so many friends uh, to get to go see up there. Um, so we, we drove down, uh, got a hotel, um, Built my deck day one. I was very happy with the deck. I opened basically what I wanted to, which was a deck taking advantage of Gifts of Paradise uh, to play as many things as I could. I, I remember looking through the deck and seeing the Sealed Behemoth and the Lay Claim and the Decimator Beetle and going, okay, what else is going in here? Because uh, it's certainly that. Um, Outstanding. Was very happy with my play. I was surprised how easy it was for me to transition from Magic Online to Paper. I have not played paper, um, gosh, I guess since GP Montreal last year, um, which was the, the one I did last year. So it had been a long time. The only mistakes that I, I made uh, gameplay-wise, my opponent made as well, was not recognizing that a cartouche falls off when Lay Claim resolves and takes a creature. Mm. Um, that My opponent said that decided the game. That did not decide the game. My hand was stacked. That game was over one way or the other. But, you know, they, they didn't know it was in my hand. So... Um, but other than that, there were like no technical errors or missed triggers or anything like that from my side. So I was, I was really proud of that. I don't think that I made any errors in, in gameplay or deck construction. I did get, make it today too, although it was with an X and three record, 
uh, which meant I was essentially out of contention for top eight. But I was like, you know what? I may as well come back the next day, get a draft in and play for for 500 bucks. But honestly, the best part of going to the event was getting to hang out with some stream viewers. Um, I met a bunch of people there. This, I don't know that I've told you. So I, I'll list off some of the people I met. I met Ghostly Flow, who's another streamer. That was really cool to get to hang out with him for a little bit. We met Slater Aid. So it was kind of cool to hang out with Slater Aid. I met On Dark Wings, um, AKA Allen. I met Mind of Science, named Andrew. Um, I met Sam, who uh, does the videos for Draft Magic. He interviewed me for a piece. That was really cool. Oh, and yeah. then on day two, I uh, they did the draft and then they had the assigned seating for where you go to build your deck. And I was kind of brain dead and they'd messed the, up the numbers and were like, add 200 to it. So I went to a seat and it wasn't actually my seat, but I, I go to sit down and that's when they're like, hey, this isn't your seat. And the guy next to me is like, hey, I, I watch your stream and I like what you do. I'm, I'm Resident Evil. Oh. I was like, <laughs> oh yeah, I, rec I recognize you. Um, but then I got shuffled off. Um, I promptly went to, to do my draft. Um, I drafted, I, I think, a very good Red Green Beats deck. Um, double Magma Spray, Triple Initiate's Companion, uh, Triple Kenra Charioteer, uh, three Cartouche of Strengths. Uh, like it, it was pretty stacked. It was pretty stacked. Um, sat down and rolled over my opponent game one. Game two, turn five, Glory Bringer. Game three, turn five, Glory Bringer. Uh. I'm like, you know, so if I went out from here, so if I, if I just go five and O oh from here, we're talking about maybe at a shot at a couple hundred bucks. Or I can go home. Mm. It's like, I think I'm going to go home. And on the way out, I stopped. Oh, um, Progress was the other stream viewer I met. I stopped and talked to that Resident Evil guy for a little bit. And was like, you know, I want to, you know, say hello to the stream viewers and, and you know, wish them success. And he's like, yeah, I'm, I'm X, and, X and 2. I probably won't make it. I'd have to, you know, I just won this round, but I'll have to win five more. And I'm not sure that I can. And there's some good people in my draft. And. I'm probably not going to make it, but I figure I may as well try. Like, and then right. he went five zero, right? Yep, he was in the top. And he eight. top eighted. <laughs> uh -huh. I was super thrilled. I was super thrilled uh, to to be like, I know that guy. That guy made it. That was so awesome. That's but yeah, awesome. The, the highlights for the GP for me were playing paper again and recognizing that if if you can play on moto, you can play on paper. Just remember how to shuffle your cards. Um, I, and I, I did use a dice on top of my deck a few times to remind myself for triggers. Like, I'm not embarrassed to do that. I picked up a few cards and read them, even though I know the format backwards and forwards that was still worth doing. But the highlight was really meeting people. And then Kelsey was just awesome. Um, for those of you who don't know, my fiance, Kelsey, um, came to the event and basically, like, ran support. There was a point where we were all starving and she went and got cheeseburgers for everybody and was a hero. Um, <laughs> That's awesome. So it, it, it was a really good GP experience. I, I had a blast. Would do it again. Um, but I, I still would prefer to focus most of my events into ones that I can actually stream. Mm -hmm. um, but I, I was tickled to make day two and be able to come back and tell the stream. At least I made day two. I had higher hopes. But like when you go to these big tournaments, you know, the, the, the one last thing I'll say about it. This, this is a moment that made me happy. I had done the set review with Neil Oliver. And I saw Neil at a table across from me uh, when I was three and one. And I think he had just finished his round and I, I walked over and we chatted for a minute. And he said, you've got to be good and lucky to win a GP. Like he knows what he's talking about. He's won a GP. I feel like I've got the good down. I just need to keep doing that enough for the lucky to pay off. Yeah. So that there, that is all of my highlights from GP Richmond. It was a blast. I'm looking forward to Toronto but I'm probably not going to grind the GP circuit until I'm, you know, a silver level pro looking to make gold. I think that makes sense. It's kind of unfortunate that that's really the way to get pro points though. If you're trying to get that way on the, like on the train that way. Um, mm -hmm. But I guess that probably the, the way for you to go is to win that online PTQ and then, you know, cash at the, at the, at a pro tour and get silver that way. Right. Yeah. And I, that's you probably know, your best way. I've mentioned this on stream before too. My my goal is not to get on the pro tour, although I would like to. My goal is to be a successful magic streamer. That's what I want to do. If all I wanted to do was get on the pro tour, I certainly wouldn't be streaming PTQs and I'd probably be going through the regional qualifier system as I, I th that has more slots to offer. It just makes more sense to go for something like that. But what I want to do is stream. And then while I'm streaming, if I can, I figure going to the pro tour would be good for the stream. 
Uh, so it's, it's kind of one of those things, you know? Absolutely. I mean, we've all got different goals, you know, uh, I'm not going to fault anyone for their goals, but man, it would be sweet to be on the PT. Don't you think? Yes, I do. I do. So when you say, when you say you want to make your successful magic stream, it's like one and then like one a for making the PT, maybe not like one and two. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) One and one a is a good way to describe it. All right. Now, speaking Um, of successes, you've had a little success over these past couple of weeks. I hear. Ah, nice segue. Yeah. Um, so Twitch rolled out their affiliate program and, uh, which is kind of a partner light or like a step below partner. Um, and they gave you guys a bunch of extra benefits, which is kind of cool too. So yeah, no, we put together enough streams and enough hours and enough viewers. And I had enough followers already to, uh, to get uh, nominated or, uh, promoted to an affiliate. So I earned my first bits on the weekend or whatever it was. So I'm going to frame those on the wall behind me and, uh, (laughs) we're, uh, we're real streamer now, boys. Yeah, and those are in U.S. dollars, so that's like double the money for you, right? Yeah, yeah. So, like, you know, I can quit my job, basically. Yeah. Yeah, as long as they fund my igloo. <laughs> uh, just, I just need Tim Hortons and, and ice, and I should be okay. And the no, that's, repellent. It's, I'm it's super happy repellent. for you. I'm super happy for you. I was excited to see the the tweet that you had gotten that. Yeah, it was it's pretty cool. You know, it's... it's um. I I can't put enough time into it to become to become a partner. You know what I mean? So, like, my... This is like me, not quite making the PT, but this is like me. Yeah, you know, I want to be a, I want to stream enough and I want to hold myself to streaming more and, and get better at the game. But I know I'm not going to put enough time into it to make partner just like you. You know, you want to focus on your stream. And if you get to the PT, that's like your 1A. So I'm kind of at that next level, it feels like for me. And, uh, you know, now I can put together a bit of a personality and get paid for it from my awesome handful of viewers that are very loyal. So it feels good to, to have a bit of a community and, uh, and um, take that next step. So. It's really cool. Yeah, we'll find you a person. We'll find you a personality somewhere, somewhere along the way. Yeah. Hey, I mean, I might, I might start streaming other games now that I'm big time. You know, I might have to leave this magic gig behind. Not enough money in it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. League of Legends, I heard, is really popular these days. You should start streaming that. <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, all right, that's that's it for the housekeeping stuff, I guess. Do you want to just bust right into standard stuff? Yes, absolutely. So. When, what got me interested in standard was being at the GP and that moment where I'm, I started three and O and like at right then I, I, I never want to get too excited about an event, anything like that, but I could see it from there. I was like, I know what has to happen for me to win this tournament. And it was really exciting. It was like, I want to play in as many top level tournaments as I possibly can while continuing to pursue the stream. It's like, dude, you're going to have to play standard. Like I, I know limited is, is fun and it's what you enjoy. And, and part of what prevented, prevents me from wanting to play something like standard is I have to walk into a new format and not know what the heck I'm talking about. Right? Like when I'm streaming sealed M and cat, I know what I'm talking about. I would put myself up there with any of the best deck builders for M and cat sealed and think I'm, I'm right there with them. My gameplay could use some improvement. Uh, perhaps, but the the deck construction, I'm spot on. Standard, I don't know what the heck I'm talking about, uh, but it's like there's a pro tour coming up. There's plenty of uh, PTQs online, and it, it's a different skill set. Uh, one of the things I've had to come to terms with as I've played more and more standard is being more comfortable with mulliganing, which is kind of bizarre, but like you do need to mulligan a lot and constructed. So honestly, I think a lot of the skill set that makes someone good at limited or make someone good at constructed almost starts to hamper them some when they, they switch formats, but like you don't have to worry about, for example, did they open a glory bringer, but you do have to worry about, did you bring scissors to a rock fight? Uh, the, the whole metagame thing has been very interesting for me, but after the pro tour settled down, I started out with some of the zombie decks and like I've played the black, white zombie deck, uh, for 15 leagues, not 15 leagues, 15 matches. So three leagues, and then I've played three with the mono black zombies. And I actually kind of understand the difference in, in what they're both about. Uh, and I also think like the Magic Online Leagues is a great way to play standard and get into it. So it's like just after a couple games, I can kind of speak intelligently about what those decks are trying to do basically against Marvel and Mardu as it seems like that's most of what the format is. Mm-hmm. But uh, I'm, I'm really enjoying standard, really excited about it and looking forward to streaming some standard PTQs very soon. That's awesome. So <clears throat> magic is magic when, when you, when you look at it at its, at its base level, but 
what percentage do you think of your of your skill set can translate smoothly between the two two formats so it's it's not like there's there's a definite venn diagram here between you know being good at limited and being good at standard and then just being a good magic player in general so what kind of skills do you think that you can bring from i'm kind of putting you on the spot here but from your sealed or limited experience into standard i mean it was the same with probably modern as well modern is probably more of a like a metagame thing though and understanding the matchups we're standard right now there's so few matchups but like what what do you think those 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 parallels are the skill sets that you can bring over because I am certainly interested in going over to standard. I actually started with constructed and moved into limited. Um, and now I am interested in moving back. So I'm curious kind of what your take is on that. A a lot of your card evaluation is just off initially, right? Like combat tricks are just not something that people frequently play. Um, it's usually far more okay to one-for-one removal with your opponent. Like, you don't need to save it for their big bomb because your deck's stuffed full of removal. Um, the the one thing that you can uh, grasp at an advantage with is combat math. Like, just bothering to do the math of what happens if I take it and crack back. I have caught a couple people where they'll make an attack, and I'm like, if I menace my zombie lord and swing team, they're dead on the crackback. And it's like, what am I worried about? They're not going to be playing a combat trick. I know these lists. So like that that was kind of the biggest step for me is like the math and the do I have profitable attacks? I'm very used to looking at those things from a limited format. And it almost gets a little easier because they've either got removal or they don't, right? Like there's not combat tricks involved. So I'd say bring that with you. But then also like you can basically know every card in your opponent's deck. So the Mm -hmm. format, you know... Once I play um, Swamp Swamp Relentless Dead, they know what I'm playing. And once I see them play um, Concealed Courtyard, um, Aether Hub, and A Heart of Kirin, I know what they're playing. And there could be a few cards that'll surprise me in there, but it's almost like a limited environment where we know exactly what the cards are in that format. So like those ideas of should I be playing around this, the list is actually much shorter for you to try to remember the difference is they've probably got four copies of it. So I, I think a lot of it translates if you're coming from limited to constructed. But like I said, a, a big one that took me a little bit to get over is like you will have do nothing hands in constructed, whereas you just don't in limited. For reference, I, that that hand when I popped in on Cam's stream and told you guys to keep it, I would have snap kept it. Just snap kept it. I know the deck. I don't care. I'm not mulliganing limited. Like I, I've just kind of stopped completely and my win rate's just doing fine. But constructed, I've I've had to send back hands because like this is not what this deck is trying to do. Mm. Does that make sense? Yeah, constructed is more about c- cultivating your hand, right? Especially in a matchup. So you know, in the dark, you're probably a little. You mean correct me if I'm wrong here, but you're probably a little little looser with your, your with your keeps because you don't know what you're going for. But once you've sideboarded, um, you know, you're you're looking for those answers potentially, or you're looking for a hand that can play against your opponent quite well. Um, now. <laughs> I found it more like that in modern, but like I can construct hands for, for the zombie deck that are just not keepable. They usually involve too many copies of Liliana's mastery and dark salvation in the opener. Like that deck really wants to hit a one drop and a two drop and a three drop. And you can skip one of those and generally be fine, right? Like a good hand with a two and a three and a couple lands that kind of, I'm okay with the rest of it. I found it even more important in modern because those games just ended so quickly that like if, if I was playing a deck, if I'm playing Jund against a combo deck and I don't have a discard spell or, you know, something to put down a threat at, at on turn one, some way to interact quickly, I probably got to send it back. Mm-hmm. So do you find yourself now, do you understand the meta after your 30 matches or, or your, your uh, how many, I guess that's five, 10 leagues? No, that's 50 matches. How many leagues have you played? 10? Um, I have played no, six, three and three. So six leagues. So have you run into any rogue decks or or is it pretty much just been meta like teamer, teamer, uh, Aetherworks or, um, Marty vehicles and the like. I've also seen a couple of, um, like pummeler decks that are still there. Mm -hmm. Um, so various aggressive energy based decks, whether it's red, green, uh, a lot of them featuring bristling Hydra, but for the most part, it's, it's been some zombie mirrors, a lot of Marvel shenanigans. I've played some great opponents playing Marvel, um, which made me feel good that I'm playing against top level players and and winning or at least competing. 
I, I, I have played enough to be able to recognize the difference between the black, white zombie deck and the black zombie deck. Looking at the lists, I was like, the black, white deck has to have better game against Marvel because they've got main deck answers, not only to the Marvel, but to an Ulamog. I'm like, this deck has to just be way better. And then after playing with them, I was like, it's kind of not. The mono black one's answer is to put so much pressure on the board that you don't care. Like they either whiff or they don't. And I was in a position against another streamer, which I thought was interesting, where they flashed in an Ulamog and had to block with it two turns and still died. They, they <laughs> weren't able to profitably attack with the Ulamog. I'm like, that's how you win it. So like little things like that, just looking at the deck lists and kind of thinking through it, it seemed like black, white would be better. But after playing with them, I think the mono black one actually is. And I, I may move in and try out some Marvel decks and some of the energy decks as well. Like I, I want to really understand the metagame. Uh, but so far, I'm, I'm, I've got an appetite for brains, Dave. <laughs> I love the look of the the mono black zombie deck and not just because it, it won the Pro Tour, but because it looks Although that like... doesn't hurt. I mean that don't get me wrong that doesn't hurt and uh and it was a fantastic deck uh you know kind of just rolled over the the opposition for the most part um I just like the look of the aggro ness and and it kind of it doesn't really look like a traditional aggro deck until you sit down and you kind of start pulling sample hands and you kind kind of start putting together these one two three curves with removal on top and you're like wow you know I can really do some damage with this deck um and it is about trying to catch your opponents before they get you know, solid footing, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and if they do, you know, if you're playing Marty vehicles or whatever, you do have the removal that can they can get those things out of the way. And sometimes you just trade zombies for you know for hard to cure and anything like that and things like that. So it's it looks like a really cool deck to play. And if I if I hopped in, I think that would be the deck of choice. Um, it really sucks that like cards are rotating out in a couple of months, but I just got to suck it up and kind of you know admit, admit that that's just a part of standard now, and and that's going to be you know <laughs> that's that's just what I'm going to do. Um, one of the things I like looking at when it comes to standard is the MTG Goldfish uh, metagame breakdown, mm-hmm. which takes uh, all of the 5-0 decks that it can da- data mine off of the Wizards website. I don't think Wizards allows people to, or third parties, to data mine all results, but they do post the 5-0 or samples of 5-0 deck lists uh, daily, I believe. Mm-hmm. And so met- mtggoldfish.com um, takes a breakdown of you know the top 10 or top, top 12 decks by five O's and gives you a percentage of the meta. And uh, since the ban, we've seen a lot of diversity kind of creep up in the format. So it used to be 50, 50 between copycat and Marty vehicles. And now it seems to be, you know, like 20, 25% vehicles, 20% Mardu, 20% zombies. Like it looks like a really healthy metagame currently. I know I say there's only three decks that make up the top 60, but you know, there's room for control. There's room for different zombie decks you know, there's room for different variation of Aetherworks. It's it's uh, it's quite interesting how diverse it is. Um, and then there's also a handful of, of budget decks, too, that you probably won't 5-0 with. But you, if you're just looking to have fun, you know, and, and kind of use that as an excuse to to just play Magic online, you can probably go 3-2, uh, you know, and break even with your 20-ticket budget deck. It, it seems like there's there's that kind of possibility in the format here. So I'm, I'm really excited to see where, where Standard goes. Yeah, the the payouts for the the competitive leagues and even the friendly leagues are pretty dang good. Like I've been learning standard while being up tickets. Like that's that's a fantastic feeling. Yeah, as long as you can get over that initial investment, right? So yeah, like there's yeah. like like you're looking at uh you know so the the term ticks for anybody that doesn't know out there, like that's about a dollar US is one ticket. Um you know, you're looking at anywhere between 150 tickets to 300 tickets to purchase a competitive deck. That's assuming you start from nothing. Uh, so obviously, if you have to convert your your currency like me, um, you know, we joke that the Canadian dollar is so, so bad that my $3 in bits that I earned, you know, is like $300 uh, Canadian. But it's 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 pretty pretty much a $100 markup for me to buy any of these competitive decks. So it is quite the investment once you get over that. Um, but, or sorry, but once you get over that, you know, it's like, what, six tickets to enter a competitive league, eight tickets to enter a competitive league, and the prize payouts are basically even if you go 3-2, right? Yeah, it's it's 12 to enter. Um, if you go 3-2, you get 120 play points, which is the, essentially the same as the tickets plus the treasure chest, and then they go up from there. The treasure chests are sellable for tickets. Uh, right. So like 4-1, 3-2, you're like, okay, I at least got a little bit plus what I put in this. Um, 4-1 is fantastic, and 5-0s are just an amazing feeling. Right. And I mean, if you are good at magic, you should be able to go three, two with a competitive deck, 
frequently at least right like like three two should be your baseline 60 percent win rate is your baseline if you think in you know limited like me for example like two one is my baseline like is i can two one everything in my sleep even though i don't win a ton of prizes for that but like 60 percent feels like it should be attainable for for a lot of people with a competitive deck as long as you know your deck inside out right yeah and that's that's the biggest difference is like if i too want to draft on the swiss ones which i often do because it's so much easier for streaming and video recording you're down just mm-hmm. you're, you're down prize where if you take a similar win rate over to constructed you're breaking even so it's like if you want to make that bleed go a little less play some constructed yeah uh, maybe I'll just suck it up and put some put some money in Magic Online. I do enjoy what they do. I do enjoy the service they provide to me, and I do pay them every once in a while. It's just, man, I haven't paid I haven't paid for Magic Online in like I don't know, like nine months. I think was the last time I put money in Magic Online. So it's pretty tough sell for me to do that. But I would Humble I would brags. like to do that. Humble brags. If anybody out there wants to give me a standard deck, you know, I can probably wear your logo on my shirt or something. No, I don't have enough viewers to make that worthwhile for anybody, but maybe I'll, maybe I'll borrow one someday or something like that. Yeah. Now, do you do any testing outside of it? Like, do you, did you sit back and, and try these decks like, you know, goldfishing them or like find somebody to play against? Or did you just, did you just jump right into the deep end on this? I, I just loaded them up and started playing like the easiest mm-hmm. way for me to learn. I, I can't really read articles and stay focused unless it's something that's absolutely, I have to read it. Like I'm more of an auditory person. So that's what got me into to podcasts in the first place is that's how I learn information. Um, so I, I, I just loaded them up and started playing. I'd imagine you could be even more prepared if you'd like to read the articles from the people who won with these decks or, or built these decks and go from there. And there's, there's I think, still room for improvement in all of these decks, right? Like the the list that top eights the Pro Tour or goes seven and three in, in standard in the Pro Tour is rarely the final form of the deck. So it'll be interesting for me, too, to see what other cards people start adding into the mix as as we continue to play. Mm-hmm. Have you done any tweaking to the mono black zombie deck, like the sideboard or anything like that? Well, it had two copies of Lost Legacy in it originally, uh, which they said on the Pro Tour that Jerry had decided was garbage and that's not what you wanted against Marvel. And I agreed. So I tried out two Dispossesses instead. uh, And I I still was not super happy to be playing that. It it feels like you just kind of want to ignore the Marvel and try to, to be as aggressive as possible. Um at least in my experience so far. And I played a lot of different versions of Marvel. Like it's not like Marvel is one deck. There's a teamer one, a Sultai one and a Bant one. And all of them are kind of going at cheating different things into play with the Marvel in addition to the Ulamog. But like the, the, the games that went the best for me, I was just going under them and they had one flip to hit an Ulamog. Sometimes they did and it didn't matter. And other times they just whiffed and, you know, cast a three, two. I'm like, Great job. I've also noticed that uh, Jerry's list was only playing two copies of Fatal Push. And I really like that because Fatal Push sucks in standard right now. Everybody's playing three three casting cost creatures, except for the Zombies deck. Um, so like it, it's a little better in the mirror. And I think the Black-White deck was maybe a little better tuned for that. But I really felt comfortable with two copies of Fatal Push and four copies of Grasp of Darkness. It just kills everything. Mm-hmm. Interesting. You're talking like a real, real standard player here. You've abandoned me. I feel so lonely now with my <laughs> limited, my limited experience in standard. I'm not done with limited and I, I will still play like I'm still doing a draft a week for mana deprived. I, I said on stream that I don't need to practice drafting and it, it's not because I think I'm the best drafter on the planet. It's because I understand how draft works, right? Like I get it. I also know I'm going to be playing the sealed events because that's the the competitive format to qualify for the pro tour. But like the the place I have the most to gain, I think is by embracing standard and getting comfortable with it. And like right now I can sort of have a semi-intelligent conversation about zombie decks. Maybe in two weeks we can talk about some more decks. Maybe. Maybe. Um, what about brewing? Like, do you have any interest in making your own decks? It's it's. I think it's tough. Like that's something I would love to do. I have no idea where to start. I could not, you know, if I made the Pro Tour tomorrow and I didn't have the team to work with, I would have no idea where to start brewing a deck. I just go and grab whatever deck and, and bring it to the Pro Tour and lose because everybody else was tuned against it or, or it's people are like, yeah, that deck is so like th- three weeks ago, like get get your shit together, Dave. Um, but like, do you have any interest in brewing or are you just, you know, quote unquote, a dirty net decker? 
I'm I'm a dirty net decker. I I have been interested in brewing and tried to brew before. And generally speaking, my experience was, and even the people who brew a lot are going to come up with some duds, but all I ever came up with was duds. Like when I'd start brewing, I was like, how is this deck doing what this other deck does, but not worse? I was like, it's, it's kind of not. So I, I, I brewed a black white deck that was worse than Mardu vehicles. It was very good against Marvel. Um, but other, uh, it, it couldn't beat uh, black green value, which is another deck that has, has shown up a little bit there. It's like, I, d- to be honest, if I'm going to get into the format, this is not where I want to sit and brew. Right. I, I just want to take the best deck or at least a tier one deck, play with it, get comfortable with it, and then see if I can spike a PTQ. Seems fair. Seems fair. I think if I got into it, I would have to start there as well. I mean, it would be fun to brew, but, um, you know, obviously funds aren't aren't infinite for me online. So, um, you know, probably buying one deck and sticking to it and kind of tweaking it as I go. That was what I did with Popper. Right. Yeah. Like I bought a I bought a reasonably cheap popper deck and tweaked it as i went but um learning your deck inside out and learning your matchups inside out seems like that's where you're going to gain most of your percentage as opposed to trying to break the meta with uh with brand new decks i I think leave that to uh leave that to the pros leave that to the um the people that have an interest in that and just kind of take advantage of the collective hive mind of the internet you know the collective whole generally speaking is smarter than me um you know recent recent Political events aside, I would say that uh, that that is a truth. So I'll 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 pull off their experience and uh, I you know internet's never wrong, right? Yeah, I, I could believe that a hole is smarter than you. <laughs> Maybe a hole in the wall is smarter than me. Yeah, yeah. All right. Um, anything else on standard? No, that that basically covered what I, what I wanted to get started with. I just wanted to encourage people. Like standard is really fantastic on Magic Online. Like if you dig drafting. Uh, I mean, we're men for moto. There's there's whole other formats you can play besides limited, and it's it's fun to get into them. I am kicking myself for not buying Relentless Dead when it was two tickets. Yeah, yeah. I remember selling a Relentless Dead that I opened for like two and a half tickets and thinking, hey, sweet, I played this in my draft deck anyway, and I 3-0'd with it. I get extra value. Isn't that awesome? And now it's like, what, like 15 tickets? Yeah, yeah. It's really good, mm. too. It's really good. <laughs> Actually, it's interesting. Looking at that deck, it's really just the Lilianas that are driving up the price. I could probably play that deck without buying the Lilianas and just suck it up and put something else in the sideboard. Yeah. Budget time. Yeah. Budget, Budget time. Decks. Interesting. One day we're going to... We, in the in the pregame show, we actually talked about... Um, uh, David Serlin had an article called Play to Win, and he talked about scrubs and how scrubs handicap themselves. Um, by playing or by by not playing cheaply or or by by selecting characters that are that are lesser skilled to try to do something impressive and i feel that's how budget decks are but maybe that's a place to start maybe that's maybe that's just where i need to get my get my feet wet basically yeah you have inspired me good and bringing um, back those born of the gods mechanics (laughs) that's a flashback not aftermath um it's 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 interesting that we we talked about standard and and I'm interested in getting in standard not just because of the pro tour but also because you know sometimes not necessarily Amonkhet but in the past I have run into formats where I have run, have challenges playing those formats and some days I wake up and it's like I'm gonna stream I really don't want to stream this format because I'm terrible at it or I'm having a rough go or I just don't want to play Magic I want to do something else and standard feels like that would be that something else that I could hop into so mm-hmm. maybe that's a good transition into slump busting which was the who you're going to call the, the title of the uh of the podcast here who you're going to call slump busters i've seen this a bit lately quite a bit lately where people on my twitter feed or people in chat or people on skype or whatever they're like man i'm just having such a rough go you know i've i've one two my last four drafts i don't know what i'm doing it feels like everything i'm doing is wrong i'm gonna quit I'm just going to skip the rest of the format. I'm going to take three months off, enjoy the summer and come back when there's a new set out. Slumps. Oh man, they suck. Have you been in, you've been in a slump, right? You were in a slump earlier this week. I think it was a mini slump, Mm -hmm. but like, were you just getting wrecked and destroyed and you feel like nothing you do is right. Everything sucks. I don't want to play this dumb game anymore. I'm going to go play Momir and just spin the wheel and not play for any kind of competitive value at all. 
it's weird when I've sat down and locked myself into, I'm going to play this game for nine hours today. And I've had days where everything I touch turns to gold. And I've had days where I just can't, I can't even scrape by. We're like, I have one opportunity and I blow it because I do the combat math wrong. And then everything else is just, they, they had all the answers. I had not, I was mana screwed. I drew too many lands. I drew too few lands. I should have played 16. I should have played 15. So it, it goes back and forth. And, and then like the, the next day I win every single thing I play in. And it, it it's amazing how that feels different mentally. But at the end of the day, magic don't care. And I think that's the biggest thing to recognize about slumps. Um, and I, I mean, also the, the concept of like a slump or a hot streak, like these, these are just not actual things. It's all in your head. It's all in your head. We've, we've talked about this. I think one of our first podcasts we talked about this um, is like recognizing when you're in a slump and are you playing poorly or getting unlucky? Is there something you need to change? Is there something you have changed that is causing this to happen? So one of the things that I like to do when I'm in a slump, there's a few things you can control, right? Some things are just out of your control entirely. You cannot control how the cards fall off the top of your deck. You can't control what your opponent's doing. You can't control the luck factor, the unknown, the the intangibles, whatever you want to call them. You cannot control those things. So one one of the things I like to do when I'm in a slump is I like to focus on the things that I can control, right? I can get up and take a break. I don't have to play magic. I can do something else. I can change the format. I can go play standard if I really wanted to. I could I could mix it up, right? I can step back and I can reevaluate my game. I can look at the things that I'm doing. Okay, am I doing things right? Am I doing things wrong? I can look to see why I'm losing those games. Am I getting unlucky? Did I make mistakes? Am I compounding my mistakes? You know, self-awareness is, is a key at getting out of these slumps. And then you can also just power through it right? You can recognize it. You can be self-aware and it's like, well, it's just a bad streak. I'm playing the same that I always do. You know, maybe I can tweak something a little bit. I don't know. I'm just going to power through it and I'm going to get back on that winning streak and I'm going to get some of that self-confidence back. There's like a bunch of things you can control. And if it's all mental or not all mental, but the recognition of the pattern is mental, you can get over that mental hurdle and just kind of say, well, I'm just going to play again because my streak has to start somewhere. And my winning streak has to start with one. Why can't it just be the next one? You run a little bit of danger of tilt if you go with that power through method. Mm-hmm. And I've I've watched people do this, um, other streamers in, in particular. And then I, I do have something to say about the take a break thing. I've been in two situations in my life where I, I actually can't take a break. One is now, this is my job. I play magic for eight or nine hours a day. I can't be like, like if I get up to go to the bathroom, the viewership dips, right? I can't be like, hey, guys, I'm going to go for a walk around the block for 20 minutes. I'll come back and it'll just be you and chat. That's that's not going to work. I've also been in the situation where I had such a limited time to play magic prior to transitioning to full time magic that I got basically four hours of magic a week on the weekend. And if I got into a, a, a slump and it, it would feel like that just because I owe three to draft. Right. Like that's not a real slump, but it would feel like that. I couldn't take a break because this this time is limited. I have only this time to play. And if I don't play right now, I don't get to. And the, the thing I found that was most helpful is, is again, hearkening back to an earlier podcast, is go watch one of your replays. Knowing how the event is going to turn out and that you're going to lose, look for things you could have done differently that would have changed that. And it surprises me how many times I go back and look at that and find out that there's just stone nothing I could have done differently. I was destined to lose that game from the moment I clicked keep or from the moment I clicked. Yes, I'd like to play first. I just wasn't going to win. I wasn't going to beat that draw and knowing that and recognizing that and being like, okay, that wasn't me actually feels good. Even better than that is going back in and recognizing I screwed up. I completely didn't notice that I should have been attacking here and trading two for three so that when I draw my lava axe, I can finish off the game. So you'll see a card that you'll, you'll draw when you're watching that replay and be like, wow, if I'd played the, the previous two turns differently, this, you know, trial of strength and cartouche of zeal would have finished the game for me right here. But instead, because I didn't and played passive, I, I don't have that as an out anymore. So I think going back and reviewing things 
is, is even better than taking a break. Cause it's like either you'll feel good that you couldn't do anything to affect the outcome or you'll feel good that you could have. And now you've learned it and you can take that into your next game. So mm -hmm. I, I think the real thing to, to, and I guess that is sort of taking a break, right? You're taking a break from playing to make sure that you're not getting tunnel visioned in, but mm -hmm. you're also focusing on, like you said, the things that you can control and the things that you can't identifying what they are and, and moving on. I think just banging your head against it is what leads to more and more slumps. Cause if you are making a mistake, you'll continue to make it uh, without having recognized it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Taking a break doesn't have to be get up and leave, quit the stream, come back tomorrow. It could be switching formats. It could be, you know, moving from sealed to draft. It could be for, uh, you know, looking at somebody's deck on stream. It could just be getting your head out of the mind space that you're locked into, that you're stuck in this losing streak, yeah. you know, your your attitude sometimes leads into winning or losing confidence it it sounds like this new age flaky bs you know i see it in sports all the time so listeners out there may not know this but i, I play ultimate frisbee that's like that's like my sport i play multiple nights a week i play in the winter i play in the summer i play in the spring i play year round i've been playing this game for years and i love it if i'm having a good day i am un stoppable you can put me at the highest level in our league like we usually play one level down but like sometimes we play a level a, a game up against the the people from the higher division if i get a first two points you know i make an amazing play in my first two points i am unstoppable the rest of the game and my teammates are like wow dave like what got into you man like you're you're just killing it out there if i drop or drop a disc or make a make a mistake in my first play of the game I get in this weird headspace where I can't make another catch the rest of the game, right? You might as well yeah. put me on the sideline and bench me because I am not going to make another play the rest of the game. And I, and I, it sucks because I recognize that as I'm doing it, I'm like, what am I doing? I'm just compounding these stupid mistakes because I'm in this, in this headspace. So I have to, I've been taking lately where if, if I make a mistake, you know, I'll take myself off the field. I say, somebody sub in for me. I'm just going to go take a break. I walk out to my car, you know, I, I do a lap around the field. I come back for the next two points later or whatever, and I'm ready to go. I've got my mind off of it and I'm, and I'm ready to go. So like in magic, just changing your headspace, changing your focus saying, well, you know, I got to get off of this, this mistake that I made. I got to get off this bad streak and I'm just going to start a new streak. You know, I'm, I'm now is my new streak winning or losing. I'm just going to change what I'm doing and I'm going to start something else. You know, maybe, maybe that's playing standard. Maybe that's, that's switching your format up, but or maybe it's recognizing that you just made a mistake in a game and forgiving yourself and moving past it mm -hmm. and seeing if you can win with the board state you have now. Mm -hmm. I, have, I have had plenty of people do something wrong and then scoop immediately. And I've also had plenty of times where I've done something colossally stupid insofar as casting a combat trick on my opponent's creature so that they eat one of mine. Like I've done that. Like you're going to make mistakes, man. That one's a moto specific one. I can't imagine that happening in paper, but I've done done dumb stuff in paper too. And like, once you've done it, you don't just scoop. You're like, okay, I screwed up. I can beat myself up for that later right now. What can I do to win this game? And like once you've decided that and look at the board state and evaluate it from there, you can move forward. And I like that. We're going to start our new streak right now. Mm -hmm. It has to start somewhere, right? You might as well start it now. So I think another thing that I like to do is, and this is more of a long-term thing, but you can kind of look at it at any time and get this snapshot is I've been tracking my stats, you know, ever since yeah. I started playing Magic Online, I have this, this chart that tracks my win rate. The win rate is not like a lifetime. It's like a, I have my last 10 drafts win rate. I have last, last 20, last 50. So I can go in there at any time and I can see over the last three months of play, you know, I've won 65% of my matches. And that's across whatever format is, is there at the time. So if I get on this like three mat or three draft losing streak where I go like 0-2-1-2-2-1, let's say, which is, you know, not a very good streak for me, I can roll that back to my last 10 and say, well, I'm still winning 60% of my matches over my last 10 or roll that back over my last 20 and I'm still winning 62% of my matches over my last 20. So it's like, I didn't just forget how to play magic in these last three games or th these last three drafts. I still know how to play magic. I might be doing something different. I might be doing something wrong or the format might be kicking my butt. But generally speaking, I'm a 62% you know, win rate or 63 or whatever it is at that, that over that history. So it's like, I kind of, I kind of get like, 
I kind of bring myself back out of that. And it's like, you know what? This is dumb. Why am I focused on this? I can just go back to playing the way that I was or keep playing the way that I am and it'll turn around. Now, sometimes that's not the case. I have had formats where I've been like 25% win rate and it's like, what am I doing? Like, I have to be doing something wrong. But until I get that data that says that I'm doing something wrong, I probably just made a couple of mistakes that just happened to like math out such that that 5% chance that I just went 020212 or something like that. And if you look at it, like if you have a 60% win rate, you know, the odds of you going 02 drop are, you know, within 10 percentage points of you going 30. Yeah. That's that's just how the math works out, right? Like you're you're relatively it's not even, like you do have a better chance to go 30 than you have to do 02 drop. But it's it's a surprising percentage chance to go O2 drop at a 60% win rate. Just assuming that you're just always rolling the dice, you know, a 10-sided die and anything six or less is a win kind of thing. Or It's amazing how those numbers work out. So I like taking that kind of holistic view. And if you end, if I end up with a, with a 10-game or 10-match losing streak or 10-draft losing streak where I'm only winning 30% of my games, then I got a serious problem. Yeah. If it's one or two... I can usually get over that and I can usually bring myself down off that ledge and say, whoa, 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 you don't have to go to modern just yet. Yeah, that spreadsheet's a fantastic idea because being able to look back and go, okay, this has not destroyed my win percentage. But and and then, like you said, if it is destroying your win percentage, time to call a friend, like use the phone, a friend lifeline, man. Mm-hmm. Go, go watch a stream, go to Twitter. Like I have plenty of people that tweet me pictures of sealed decks are like, hey, what do you think of this? Um, we've done an entire day on stream where I built sealed decks uh, with viewers, right? So like you absolutely have resources to learn how to draft a format if you don't know how to do it. But I really like that idea of before we panic, you know, this kind of goes back. Have I, I don't know if I've told this story before when I did sales training. Oh, yeah. We, we talked about this before where like people would change something and get completely off script. And you're like, well, that's your problem. Yeah, Like if this thing is going to work 5% of the time and the idea is you have to do, you know, 100 presentations to get five deals just because you've done 95 in a row and nobody said yes yet doesn't mean you reinvent the wheel, right? As long as the percentages are still there, you do it. And we're talking about higher percentages here than we were there. So Mm -hmm. I, I really like that idea of tracking the percentages. I've really got no excuse to do that. I should just do that. I should just do that. It's it's not that hard, but it is, it is effort and it, it does capture some of your attention when you're off stream or whatever. Um, one other thing that I like to do, which is, I don't know, it, it's not necessarily like I'm not I'm not full of myself. I'm not uh, I'm not like high on myself when I do this. But like what I like to do is I like to go back, not just watch the, the times that I lose just to see what kind of mistakes that I make. I like to reward myself by watching the ones that I win. Right. Yeah. Sometimes I just steamroll my opponents and I draft this sweet 3060 deck. I'm, I'm not too proud to say that sometimes I go back and watch that replay. And I'm like, oh, man, I remember that play. Like, I, I got so him on good. that one. I'm so good. Right. Because having that confidence in yourself just improves your play. You know, if, if I go back and say like, like on some of my best winning streaks. So recently I was on like uh, an insane winning streak. It felt like like I felt like I couldn't lose a game. It felt like I could see everything. And then I went back and watched those wins. I still caught things that I was doing wrong, which is insane. And it's like, how did I win this game? Like I made this colossal mistake, but I wasn't punished for it. So not only can you pick up on the things that, you know, you still learn from your mistakes, but you also get that, like that good feeling, or at least I get that good feeling that I got when I won. Like yeah. when I won like five drafts in a row, I was like, oh, man, I'm on top of the world. Well, I went back and watched a couple of those replays in, Mo- in Magic Online the other day. And I was like, man, I remember that game. That game was awesome. Like I can do that again. That that was the David that 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 I can be that I am right now. It's just I just happened to lose. Like I just happened to O two last night. Like whatever, who cares? I can three O tomorrow because I've done it before. Just having that confidence in yourself, knowing that you can bust that slump, I think is that'll get you like five percent of the way there. And it's like free percentage points. We like free wins in Magic. Picture that as your opponent mulliganing four, right? Going back and treating yourself to looking at a three O draft or something like that. Yeah, yeah. So who are you gonna call? slump busters heck yeah yeah and i don't know it's tough if if you do find yourself down and you cannot get out of it you know consider switching formats you know just get your head into a different mind space and the next time you come back it'll be fresh find a friend i love the phone a friend um you know i talk to you about drafts sometimes you know we t- i talk to stream viewers you talk to stream viewers they come to us they're like man like i don't know what i'm doing wrong can you guys help me with that and sometimes i can't 
Sometimes we can't, but just verbalizing it. So at my job, um, I'm a, I'm a developer, computer programmer. Sometimes we run into problems that we can't solve on our own. And within five minutes of talking about talking it out loud to somebody sitting next to us, we've got the solution right there. And sometimes that happens in magic too. It's like, man, I've been trying to draft these red, white aggro decks. And it's like, you know, you know, I, I first pick this, I second pick this. And it's like, whoa, 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 whoa. Like, why are you picking that? That's not an aggro card. Like, wasn't there something better in the pack? And it's like the light bulb goes off and you're like, you're right. I, I don't know what I'm doing. Um, and sometimes just those realizations picking up in those conversations, just talking with friends, I think it can be huge. You have this huge support network, right? Like you have hundreds of viewers. I have a dozen viewers. Everybody has Twitter friends. Everybody has Facebook friends, magic friends at their LGS reach out. And worst case, you all suffer together. (laughs) (laughs) Misery loves company. If you guys are all doing it wrong, you know, sit down and fire an eight man yourself and somebody will three Oh it. That's the easiest way out of a slump. Just go play against your friends and somebody will bust their slump. If you're all in the same one. That works. That works. All right. Anything else about slumps? Or are you you kind of done? I I think I got off of my chest what I wanted to get off tonight. Awesome. Hopefully that that helps somebody out there. Like if if anybody else actually has any tips on that, love to share them. I'll retweet them. Just fire them off at us, and 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 uh, we'll we'll fire them off to our limited number of followers. But it is it's just, it's a bit of a psychological topic, and it can be tough to get over. But um, just remember that the winner is inside you. Yeah, and I I think just remember Magic is impartial and just doesn't care. They don't care if you've won the last five games. They don't care if you've lost the fa- last five games. The cards are random. So, like, don't attach emotion to something that's not emotional. Hey, randomly, but, like, people will uh, uh, personify, you know, weather events. Like, th- this is not a person. This earthquake didn't do this on purpose. It, it's oh, yeah. An, it's an earthquake, man. The, the, this this rainstorm didn't come after you. I, we had a hurricane while not a hurricane, a tornado while I was on stream. Like it wasn't build a tornado that was coming to get me. There just happened to be a tornado while I was streaming. That replay is actually kind of scary. It sounded like a freight train, but like that wasn't somebody out to get me. That was just a thing that happened. It's the same thing with your slump. It, it's the, the cards aren't there to get you. The shuffler doesn't have it in for you. Just let all that go. Get the emotion out of it. I like it. One day we'll talk about how to actually take the emotion out of it instead of pretending like we know how. Yes. Live long <laughs> and prosper, Dave. Uh, I agree. I, I tilted a little bit on stream the other day, so I'm, I'm ashamed to be that guy that talked on the podcast about how not to tilt. So, Oh, no, sorry. It wasn't on stream. It was a poker game. I lied. It was a poker game. I tilted hard at this stupid poker game. I'll tell you about that one other day, but do as I say, not as I do. How did it work out for you? Uh, well, I didn't have to play anymore cause I lost all my chips. So <laughs> I there tilted all the way, I tilted all the way home. This little piggy tilted all the way home. Wee, 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 wee. Yeah. That's, that's the best part about playing tournament poker is once you're done, you're done, you go home. So, yeah. All right. Well, that's going to end it for this week. So, um, where can they find you on the Twitch and the Twitter if they don't know already? You can find me under the handle Simulin, S-E-M-U-L-I-N. Uh, that's twitch.tv slash Simulin, and I'm at Simulin on the Twitter. Outstanding. I am DCivillian, D-S-A-V-I-L-L-I-A-N on the Twitch and the Twitter. Newly minted affiliate status. And once again, we want to throw a shout out to uh, Face-to-Face Games and Mana Deprived. You've got a video up on Mana Deprived coming up next week, as you do every Monday. Mm-hmm. I'm a little bit behind on mine, but I will do one hopefully next week once I get some time. Summer's so busy for me. But until then, we will see you on streams. So we hope to catch you next time. Adios.